Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott, and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Before we get into today's episode, I have a message to share with you. It is from my friend, the Cardinal, the bird. Cardinals have been trying really hard to get my attention lately. They've been knocking on the mirror, like cars, side mirrors. They've been flying right in front of me. Finally, finally, this, you know, sometimes slow human has caught on. And here's the message that Cardinal has for us. You will know what you need to know when you need to know it. Not a moment before and not a moment after. How does that feel? How would it feel to have deep trust that you're going to know what you need to know when you need to know it? Not a moment before, not a moment after. You will know what you need to know when you need to know it. That means you don't have to worry about whether you're going to know what to do when you get there, wherever there is because you're going to know what you need to know when you need to know it. All right. Ponder that one. Feel into it. It feels like freedom to me. And of course, it's a work in progress. Okay. Last thing before we get into today's episode, if you want to work with me, whether you are a light leader, meaning you are someone who is here to raise the world, you just know that you are here to elevate the planet. You're here to change the world. You're here to spread love and light all over the place. And you want to do it with ease. You want to do it in total alignment. You want to do it in a way that makes the biggest impact possible then light leader amplification is for you. This is my one-on-one coaching program and we create it for each individual. You and I work together to create what it is you need in your life right now. Maybe it includes a human design reading. Maybe it includes an energy assessment. Maybe it includes coaching around conditioning. Maybe it includes coaching around energy. Maybe it includes mindfulness training there are so many possibilities. If that sounds like something you're interested, go to kelseyabbott.com slash coaching. And of course, if you just want a human design reading, you can get that at kelseyabbott.com slash human design and go get your free chart. If you haven't gotten your free human design chart yet, if you've heard me talking about human design and you still don't know what that is, go over to my website, and get your free chart. You will get a personal email from me. I can't tell you how magical it feels to have a personal interaction with everyone who is on my email list. I love each and every one of you so much. And I love the miracle that is unfolding for all of us. You are a wonder. Go forth and be awesome. Hello, beautiful humans. It's been a hot minute since I've recorded a solo episode, like a non-bonus episode, solo episode. And so here I am, just me, all by myself, solo. 
I've been in this place lately of the only way I know how to describe it is I know nothing. I know nothing. And this feels like a really funny place to record a solo episode. So we will see what happens. Are you ready to join me for this adventure? I want to start with just the first stanza of a poem I just heard for the first time today. It's called Barter by Sarah Teasdale. Life has loveliness to sell, all beautiful and splendid things, blue waves whitened on a cliff, soaring fire that sways and sings, and children's faces looking up, holding wonder like a cup. I just love that so much. I love that last line, holding wonder like a cup. That vision of children's faces looking up or or a puppy, their head cocked, or just all of us living in wonder and awe. This place of knowing nothing is a place of holding wonder like a cup. All right. So let me explain. Let me back up. Are you familiar with the concept of a beginner's mind? It is from the Zen Buddhist tradition, and it is described as in a beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In an expert's mind, there are few. I love this concept. I used to believe that I embodied this concept. The beginner's mind was my favorite thing ever. And in this last month or so, I've found some holes in that. There are, in fact, some places where I absolutely positively love being a beginner. And there are some places where I don't like it so much. I do not love restarting things. So if it's something, if I've been rolling with something and I have to go back to the beginning, oh, I don't embrace the beginner's mind so much there. But let me explain more of this beginner's mind concept. So let's take it back to years ago when I lived in Maine, when I was a swim coach for a triathlon club. Now at the start of the season, we started everyone in the pool and we had split the group up into three groups, beginner, intermediate, and the advanced group. And I was so excited about the concept of beginner's mind this season. And so I greeted each group with a little talk about beginner's mind, because when you hire Kelsey as a triathlon coach or a swim coach, you also get Kelsey, the life coach. I can't, I am me. I can't be only one version of me in one environment and a different version of me in another environment. You get the whole package always. So anyway, I'm super excited about Beginner's Mind and I introduce it with that same concept. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. At the start of each group on day one, when the women are sitting there a little bit uncomfortable wearing their swimsuits, maybe for the first time in years, on the cold bleachers in this pool, this indoor pool in Maine that I swam in a few times, but I hated swimming in it because it made me feel like I was swimming in a shoebox. So they're in this like whitewashed shoebox environment in swimsuits, which are not their normal attire. 
And they've got this crazy lady who they've never met before talking to them about this concept of beginner's mind saying in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities in the expert's mind. There are a few and the beginner group. Holy moly. They just embraced this concept wholeheartedly. Then the intermediate group comes out and I had never seen any of these people and they all came out with like a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Every single one of them independently, they didn't necessarily hear the others say this. They say, I know how to swim. I just need a refresher. And again, I told them about beginner's mind and well, it's just like, they just didn't seem that into beginner's mind or me. And then the advanced group, we're not even going to talk about them for this story. So each group trained in the pool for six weeks, they would do one training session a week with me in that shoebox pool. And then I gave them a workout to do on their own. After six weeks, we all went swimming in the lake. So we all went to open water. First time for so many of these people, first time in a wetsuit for so many people, cold water for so many people, a totally new environment. So by the time we got there, the beginner group, this group who had started, most of them were uncomfortable putting their faces in the water at the beginning. They had embraced a beginner's mind so thoroughly. The word thoroughly makes it feel like I'm like sterilizing it. I'm picturing it's like this with such, it's like an enveloping presence that when we got to the lake, the beginners group was so much more comfortable, confident, and stronger in the water than the entire intermediate group. That is the power of a beginner's mind. A beginner's mind doesn't have room for trying to predict the future. A beginner's mind says, I don't know, but I look forward to trying. I look forward to finding out a beginner's mind is filled with questions and curiosity. An expert's mind says, I know how to do this. An expert's mind has expectations. I wonder if the word expert and expectations are related. Tangent, but I am curious. In an expert's mind, there are these standards to meet. There is a way things quote unquote should be. In a beginner's mind, Everything is wide open, open to possibilities. Now, in my personal experiences, like I said, I've totally embraced a beginner's mind, or so I thought. Last summer, when I had a manifester urge, so I'm a manifesting generator, but we, like manifestors, we get the occasional urge and it just comes through us and we are supposed to follow it. So I woke up one morning, I believe it was a rest day. Like there was, it was a no alarm morning and I woke up super early. And my first, first thing that popped into my head was any juggling balls. And it was like very serious, any juggling balls right now. And I have these rules around accessing the internet in general. I don't access the internet except for using a meditation app before like 10 a.m. But here I was on Amazon at like 6 a.m. 
ordering juggling balls. So I get this urge. I need to learn how to juggle. And I have absolutely positively no idea how to juggle. But I do now because I taught myself how to juggle. And I embraced the whole thing. Like there was so much ball dropping. There was so much time of just throwing one ball and then just throwing two balls and then throwing those two balls back and forth and then adding a third ball. And now juggling, actually legit juggling. And I'm still in such awe that I can do that. And of course there's room for improvement, but here's the thing about me and juggling. I don't care. I do it because it's fun. I'm not doing it to meet any standards or expectations or, or even get better. People have asked me, when are you going to add a fourth ball? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't really feel, feel that's necessary. I just juggle because I like it. Okay. And then, so that's one example of beginner's mind. Then there's last year when I started running again. So I had, I started running again in April of March or April of 2020, shortly after COVID started because, so I had before that, the last time I had run had been worlds in Switzerland. And that had been a practice in pain management, mental pain management. So I had nerve pain in my heel. It started right before nationals in August of 2019. So, and then worlds was in September and my physical therapist had told me, if you can handle the pain, you can run. In other words, it wasn't going to do any damage. I wasn't actually hurting myself. It just, because the pain, the funny thing about nerve pain, we're going to talk about this a little more. The funny thing about nerve pain is it's a like a mind game because the pain isn't really where you feel it in many instances. Like the pain, the damage wasn't in my heel. The issue wasn't in my heel, but the pain was in my heel. So anyway, I ran a 5K at like I found this pace where I could manage, I could breathe through the pain. And I also found the pace when I when I hit the blue carpet. So world championship triathlon races and on a blue carpet, not a red carpet. You hit the blue carpet and that's where you really kick it into high gear. And my body saw that blue carpet and was like, yeah. And I took like one fast step and I yelped. And I was like, oh, right. We're not doing that. Um, so, okay. So that was the last time I ran. Then I worked with this fascia doctor all up until March or April and COVID shut everything down. I was like, okay. Um, I actually got a, like a download. You're going to heal this by yourself. And I thought, what, how am I going to do that? And I can't tell you how I did it. I can tell you that I did it. And part of doing that was starting to run again. So as I'm starting to run after not being able to run, like even two steps without excruciating, screaming pain on my heel, I had such a beginner's mind. I ran every single step was a step of curiosity. It was filled with wonder and wonder at like, I wonder how this step will feel and wonder and amazement at, oh my goodness, that didn't hurt. Oh my goodness. I just took a step. 
oh my goodness, I am running, but I don't know if I'll be running in another step. And so it was like immense presence and immense curiosity and wonder and awe, total beginner's mind. And both of the experiences that I'm describing to you, juggling and this return to running were filled with so much magic. And then back to the triathlon coaching experience where I saw firsthand the power of a beginner's mind. You'd think that I would be completely convinced that this is the way to go. Intellectually, I am. But on a human level, sometimes sometimes I'm not at my best. Sometimes I'm not aligned with my true self. See, I even have the gift of a beginner's mind. I've got gate 25 is activated for me in my human design. My soul picked that out for me. And one of the sparkly bits of gate 25 is a beginner's mind. Alas, a few weeks ago, my body decided to start to really dig into, to really to com commit to healing from this car accident from 17 years ago. And this, in this unwinding, my, uh, some nerves got compressed and I had nerve pain. I had nerve pain in my groin and it was, it, it, I don't know. It started at like four, four out of 10. At one point, it got to a 10 out of 10. It got to screaming pain. Like we almost went to the emergency room, insane pain. And once again, I was shown, you are going to heal this yourself. And once again, I thought, I can't do that. There is no way. I thought universe, you're crazy. This is way above my ability level. I know I healed my heal. And I know the magic that is in the language there of healing my heal. But healing this insane, intense nerve pain? What? I was completely overwhelmed and terrified and baffled. And I did it. And like five days later, I was on my bike again because when I had this nerve pain, <laughs> I tried to, like, I sat on my bike seat and took one pedal stroke and was like, <gasps> yeah, that was not going to happen. So I went from that place of gasping, like basically knocking the wind out of myself with pain to healing the pain and being able to ride my bike. And I did a workout with intervals because it's just what was on my training plan for the day. <laughs> I did not have a beginner's mind. I felt frustrated that I couldn't hit the watts that I'd been able to hit before this whole extravaganza, before my body decided to finally heal this pain, this dysfunction that has been living in my body for 17 years. 
before this like massive life event. So anyways, my body decides to heal this. I experienced tons of pain and I get back on my bike and expect myself to be the same, but, but I'm no longer the same person. I mean, not only am I not the same person that I was the day before because I, oh, I'm not because we aren't because we are always evolving. I mean, thanks to my brilliant 18 year old self who got a tattoo of waves in a circle to remind me of constant evolution, that that is truth. I love finding the wisdom in my younger self, by the way. I'm so proud of her. So yeah, I held myself to standards that were no longer true for me. I was a total jerk to myself. And then it took me a few days to see this and to be like, oh, beginner's mind, Kelsey. What if you just ride your bike? What if you have not even zero expectations, but are just in such gratitude? What if you look at the trees going by? What if you look at the magic of the, the other cyclists on the road? What if you feel the magic of the wind on your face? What if you feel your love for riding your bike? And I did that. And the ride started out like the beginning. It's this nerve issue makes it, it's challenge. It's been challenging for me to get my cadence up. So I'm like, feel like I'm kind of riding through mud. And instead of having that feeling of, I'm riding through mud. I was like, Oh, I'm riding through mud. Cool. I'm riding through mud. And by the end, I was riding with so much joy. So this is my reminder to me, yes, beginner's mind is the way to go. Now let's bring it back to this concept of I know nothing. So I know nothing. This experience that I'm in right now is beginner's mind on steroids. It for me has been surrender. And I'm like, oh, I surrender. And then it's like, boom, knock you down. And I'm like, oh, oh, now I surrender. I thought I was surrendering a little bit ago, but now I get it. I get it. I know nothing. A few years ago, maybe a lot more than a few years ago, my friend Karen Kenny was talking about how she starts every morning with a prayer to the divine saying, well, she uses fancy words like thine in this, but I don't talk like that. So she says, and mind you, she does it with a Boston accent. So it sounds wicked cool. Anyway, she basically says, show me who you want me to be. Show me what you want me to do. I like your will is, is what I'm going to do. I can't remember the exact phrasing, obviously. And I remember listening to her and I was like, that's so beautiful. And I so don't want to do that. Not at all. I want to cling to, I want control. I want to do what I want to do. I want to tell the divine what I want. And you know what this month has brought me to? Part of my morning meditation, I've been saying, divine beloved, I'm turning it all over to you. All of it. All of it. Please, please. 
fill me with golden, sparkly, divine love light. And please show me. Show me where you want me to go. Show me how you want me to be. Show me what you want me to do. I am yours. You are me. We are one. All is well. All is love. Love is all. And that last bit is my own adaptation, transformation of something that Tosha Silver wrote in It's Not Your Money. So I've gotten to this place of surrender because the universe put me here. <laughs> but how do you get here when, without going through that, without being smacked down by the universe? How do you find this place of surrender? Is it even possible? Or are we more likely, before we're smacked down and taught to surrender, are we more shown to surrender? Are we more likely to be as I was when I first heard Karen Kenny talking about just turning it all over to the divine? Are we more likely to be like clingy? Like, I'm not ready to give it all up. Are we more likely to think of surrender as um, like rolling over a dog, rolling over and being like, I'm submissive? Or is this, is this possible for us? Humans, most humans have this desire for certainty. We're conditioned to believe that we want to know what's going to happen. We want to know predictions, whether it comes to politics or sports or investing or horoscopes. We want predictions. And let me say that I actually don't. <laughs> I am, if, if you haven't heard me talk about this stuff before, I love uncertainty. When I, so we're going to go off on a little tangent right now. Remember, hang on, you're here for the adventure. So when I first started my Instagram account, I committed to finding the inconspicuous awesomeness of every day. And every single day was a scavenger hunt for me. I would look for where's the inconspicuous awesomeness in the day and how can I take a picture of it? And then in 2020, Pete gave me the best Christmas present ever of giving me an advent calendar for every single month with pictures. Each one is unique and it has for each day I get to open and it's a picture typically of Makai or a place it's of Pete and me, or, you know, it's one of the pictures of our pack, maybe something from our adventure in the camper. It, I love it. I love the wonder. I love the magic of opening the door and not knowing what's next. I love starting every day and saying, oh, this is the first one of these I've ever seen. I have no idea what's going to happen today. I'm excited to see how it's going to unfold. I have always been like that. And yeah, uncertainty, this like living in the camp or traveling around the country. I loved that getting to be a place for the first time and discover it, watching it all like open up for me. So anyway, gate 24, it's in the Ajna and it's about pondering to get to the truth. And that truth is like the answer 
It's wanting to get to the answer, whatever your brain has decided is the answer, that desire for certainty. And because people, we have this and, and we've been conditioned to want to be certain, we, we do a lot of things looking for predictions, looking outside ourselves to predict cycles. You know, whether it's looking at the moon ahead of time and, you know, the moon, the moon cycle and saying like, oh, okay, I want to launch on these dates. Whether it is tracking your menstrual cycle and saying like, okay, I'm going to get my period on this day and planning your whole month around that. And because I'm going to get my period on this day, I'm going to be most creative in these few days. Now, this is something that, of course, a lot of people do when they're trying to get pregnant. And it certainly can impact like, you know, vacations, wedding days, races, although you don't. I guess you can say, okay, I'm not going to race that weekend because I might feel like crap. Anyway, I have seen, I've had a lot of conversations about this with people recently. And I think that we as a collective are being called to, instead of looking outside yourself for a cycle that's going to predict things for you, Look inside yourself. Feel into how your body feels. How do you feel today? How does your body feel right now in this moment? And not just today, like don't, how you feel the second you wake up does not define how you're going to feel for the rest of the day. But how do you feel in this moment physically? How do you feel in your body? Do you feel energized? Do you feel tired? Do you feel nauseous? Do you have a headache? Do you feel strong? Do you feel antsy? What, excuse me, what is going on in your body? And then how do you feel emotionally right now? Just sink in your body. What emotions are present? Name them, label them. If you need help naming the emotions that you're feeling, go to feelingswheel.com and there's a whole list, well, wheel, of emotions, of feelings. Because even though in human design, feelings and emotions are different, we use the same names for both of them. And just as a reminder, feelings come from our heads. So feelings, we have a thought and then we have a feeling as a result of it. Emotions flow through us, flow through our bodies. And we have no control over emotions. And then, okay, so then we've checked in with our bodies, our physical bodies. We've checked in with our emotions. And then check in with your head. Check in with your mental mental body. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling super inspired? Are you feeling super sharp? Are you feeling a little blurry? Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling super creative? Are you feeling like you got nothing? Wherever you are is perfect. Just check in. So what if instead of looking for cycles outside ourselves, we simply went within and found out how we are in this exact moment? And that brings us to talking about waves. In human design, we've all heard of emotional waves. So if you have a defined solar plexus, 
you are going to have emotional waves. And there are four different types of emotional waves. And if you want to get into that, getting a human design rating for me is a great thing to do. We can talk through that. But the bottom line is that if you are an emotional being, meaning if you have emotional authority in human design, you have no clarity in the now. Remember, I started this saying, I know nothing. So, and one of the themes of this month for me has been feeling the times when I'm like, oh my goodness, I know nothing. I have zero clarity. Or feeling the times where I have gotten excited about something and said yes right away. And then a day later, I feel the clarity because my emotional wave is always cycling through. I'm always somewhere on that wave. A day later, feeling this whole different clarity of being like, eh, no, not so much. I'm not so psyched about that anymore. So I have been really learning to trust and to give myself permission to take time to say, I have no clarity in the now. So when somebody asks me if I want to do something, I am just now, I tell this to clients all the time, but here I am stepping all the way in with both feet to giving myself, not just permission, but actually acting on when somebody asks me to do something, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you because knowing that even if I feel like I know the answer right now, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. And there's a balance here. And you might hear more about this in the future because my intuition does speak instantly and it only speaks once. So sometimes I do know, but sometimes I really don't know. (laughs) And this also shows up in so many other parts of my chart. We're not talking about that right now. So another place in our charts that we experience waves is in our ego center. If you have an open ego, that means your motivation comes in waves. And again, you're always somewhere on that wave. So if we drop into ourselves, we can say, where am I on that motivational wave? Am I super motivated right now? Or am I not? And know that wherever you are is absolutely perfect. There is a gift in all of it. And in terms of emotional waves also, it is the universe's way of pushing us into divine timing. We need to listen to that wave. We need to give ourselves this space. I remember years ago hearing Brene Brown say that, I think she said your thirties are when you finally become brave enough to not respond instantly when somebody asks you a question to say, give me a minute you know what? Let's not put an age on that. Let's say if you have emotional authority, here is your permission. Here is your bravery. Find it right here. The bravery to say, I'll get back to you on that. We live in such a culture that calls for and expects instantaneousness. And it's not cool. (laughs) I'm so not here for it. So let's ditch it and let's give ourselves a beat like 24 hours before we respond to something. And then one more place that a wave lives is if you've got gate one defined in the G center, that's the gate of creativity and of newness and creativity comes in waves. I, and I felt that hugely. Well, I am still feeling that 
because I have a defined ego, meaning I have strong, consistent motivation. My motivation doesn't come in waves. So I always want to be creating something. But when sometimes I open my mouth and nothing comes out, sometimes I'm like, I want to write an email. I have nothing to say because I'm in a a lull with my creativity wave. Now we can't control that. I can't be like, oh, I'm going to be in a creativity wave in May. So let's not launch anything then. Let's not write any emails then. I can't say, oh, I'm going to have an emotional wave on Tuesday. So I'm not going to record anything that day. No, all of this stuff is out of our control. This is divine. Please, this is all yours. I'm watching you do your magic. I'm here for the ride. Please support me. Please bring me ease as I try and navigate this. You know, humans have this. So this, we have this desire to time trial. (laughs) That was incorrect. Humans have this desire to time travel and meaning that we want to know what's coming next. We want to know the predictions. And another way we time travel is we beat ourselves up. So we will rehash something that happened in the past and say, I'm no good at that. I didn't do that well. And so how do we forgive ourselves? Now I have done deep work on my inner critic and I have actually transformed my inner critic and I don't feel like an inner critic plays a part in my mind anymore, but I still sometimes have been known to, I call it ruminating, although it's not even necessarily that. It's like just quick little jabs at myself, or I should have done that better. Um, And I do always remind people, don't ruminate because you're not a ruminant. In other words, you're not a cow. Take, (laughs) Take that if it lands for you. If not, just ignore me. Okay. So anyway, on beating yourself up, Here's what I found for me to be the most helpful. It already happened. So whatever it is that you're beating yourself up about, it already happened. You can't go back and do it again. It already happened. The only thing you are in control of is your suffering. You can choose to suffer or to not. And when I remember that, I choose not to suffer and simply let it go. And this all brings us to the concept of service. The idea of serving from a place of I know nothing. Now I used to hate the word service. For me, when I heard the word service, I thought of a hierarchy. There was this idea that the either the people being served, I pictured people wash like cleaning shoes. And either there was this idea that those people who were doing the, the scrubbing of someone's shoes was lower and was serving the person higher up or that the person higher up was higher up and therefore supposedly wiser and served the people below them. I just, there, it felt very hierarchical to me. I've raged against that my whole life. But you know what? I now see service as 
something very different. And I cannot tell you where this changed or when this changed. And now I know that service is sharing. My soul picked out the gifts it picked out for me so that I can own and share those gifts. And by sharing my gifts, that is how I raise the world. And I know that the same is true for you. Your soul picked out the gifts it picked out for you so that you can own and share those gifts. And by sharing your gifts, you too will serve the world. And this comes back to, you may have heard me say this before, this question that I heard months ago, do you want to be God or do you want to serve God? Do you want to be God or do you want to serve God? I want to serve God. This is part of me. And again, replace the word God with divine universe, spirit, whatever you want. That, That particular word is not important. The question is important. Do you want people to look at you as though you're the best thing that ever happened? Or do you want people to feel elevated Do you want people to love themselves? Do you want people to heal themselves because of the work you put into the world? That is what I want. I want to have an impact. I want to create ripples. I want to, I am a four six and I'm here to work one-on-one or in small groups with people, do the deep work. And those people are also light leaders. Those people are also here to raise the world. And those people are going to raise other people up. And together, we are going to raise the planet. Now, doing this, doing this service, I don't know how else to say it. But from a place of not knowing, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. And I feel that in a sense of I have no, my agenda is to raise the world. My agenda is to love. My agenda is to spread light and to remind people that they are light. My, beyond that, I have no agenda. I want people to remember who they are so they can raise the world, so they can spread love and light, so we can all keep moving up and be who we're here to be. So that there endeth my babble about knowing nothing. I love you. Thank you. For listening. If you stayed with me this whole time, thank you so much. You are tremendous. And even if you didn't stay with me this whole time, well, you're not hearing this, but you are still tremendous. I love you. Kelsey out. Ooh, that was a lot of me talking. Thanks so much for hanging out with me got one more thing to share with you before we go. I just heard this this morning from Martha Beck. She was quoting someone else that she didn't remember, but it goes like this. A shaman plays until it's time to rest and rests until it's time to play. That resonates so deeply with my soul. That is me.
I don't know anything about being a shaman or I know everything about being a shaman. I don't know. I know nothing, but it does sound like a manifesting generator. It does sound like somebody riding the waves that the universe sends our way. We play until it's time to rest and we rest until it's time to play. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. If anything in this episode resonated with you, please share it with everybody you know or with the perfect person. And if you want to work with me, if you are a light leader and are interested in light leader amplification, head over to kelseyabbott.com slash coaching and sign up for a free 15 minute consult with me. And if you want to re- get into your, get all the way into your human design chart, go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design and let's do a reading. I want to dig into everything your soul chose for you. It is so much fun. And let's see, I think that's it. Get your free chart over at kelseyabbott.com and sign up for my email list while you're there. They're actually one and the same. I'm going to get out of the way. It is time to end this podcast. I love you so much. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.